everyone. Welcome to the I Don't Know Show with Joe. I'm Joe, and I don't know much about musical theater history, but my guest, Maya Efrat, does. Maya, thank you for joining the show. Thanks for having me. So, Maya, can you tell us what your relationship with musical theater is and why this is an important topic for you? Sure. So, I've been doing musical theater almost my entire life. It's my big passion. I've been performing in musicals since I was six years old. Um, wow. First, just a thing for fun. Then, yeah, I started doing it professionally. After college, I went to um, a specialized program for it in university, performed professionally, and now I'm back in school for grad school. And now I'm really like understanding musical theater in a very in-depth way and getting to hear about the history and yeah I've kind of nerded out about the history because it's a really cool lens and the way to look at American history through the media and through what people have found interesting and how it's developed throughout time and yeah I think it's a really cool topic and it's been the center of my research for this last year and I love it a lot wow that is amazing um what what in your opinion makes musical theater so great? I think what makes it so great is first of all it offers kind of escapism for people. It is super heightened elements of dance, vocals, really cool sets and it allows people to kind of leave their baggage at the door and just take a moment to enjoy things. And at the same time, it's kind of throwing topics in your face that you can't avoid and you're being allowed kind of into people's lives and getting to see the world through them, through art. And that way you're able to kind of understand a lot of things I don't think you would understand or care about or even know about otherwise. Love it. Um, so so right now you are studying musical history, theater history. Um, what are you hoping to accomplish with this, uh, knowledge? Like I know, or, or the degree, um, obviously it sounds very interesting, but what, what, what does that do for, for the career that you want or, or that kind of thing? So for the career I want, I, I am continuing to act. I'm still auditioning and doing shows professionally, but my reasoning for this degree is that I want to be a professor. I'm really into arts education. So, you know, once I get the MFA, I can be a professor of theater. And I think that in order to be a good performer, you kind of need to know the history of everything. So I want to be able to teach that to future students. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> um, awesome. So, like, what is your favorite musical or, or what are some of your favorites? That's a hard question. <laughs> um <laughs> I would say my favorite musical of all time is Cabaret. And not only do I like it because I think it just has amazing music, um, Kenner and Ebb are some of my favorite composers. And there's some of these like iconic songs that I love. Great choreography done by Bob Fosse, which is also just very iconic and amazing choreography and staging. Um, but it just has a very interesting and important message that kind of talks about like what I was saying before, it's throwing things in your face. Cabaret talks about 
Germany during World War II as the Nazis are coming to power. And it takes place in this nightclub where it's all about, it doesn't matter what's going on outside, let's have fun, life is good, just ignore it, ignore it. And this whole time you're seeing these like big, larges in life acts and everyone's pretending like everything's fine. And as the play is going on, things are starting to not be so good and they can't ignore it anymore. Mm. And by the end, it's too late. And it's kind of, yeah, bringing this message that you need to kind of pay attention to what's going on in the world. And you can't mm. always ignore it and you can't always live in this la-la land. Right. And yeah, it, it does wow. it in a very unique way. Yeah, that's that's very powerful. I've never seen it, but um, I had no idea that that's what that was about. <laughs> Right, because yeah, you think cabaret, and it's like come to the cabaret. Yeah. Know? But yeah. Wow. All right, I have to check that out. Um, do you consider opera to be a type of musical or a completely separate category? That's I would consider it a separate category. Uh, something that's cool about musical theater is that it's one of the only like truly American art forms. Oh, interesting. Opera. It's been around for a very long time. There's theater has been around, yes, since the ancient Greeks, the Roman Empire. They've always had theater. There's always been operettas and operas all around Europe. Um, but the integration of theater, dance, and acting all together, that didn't, yeah, happen until America in the 1930s. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's, that's, I didn't realize it was it's that new. It's kind of new. Yeah. So, so what were the origins? How did, how did it get started? The very first musical, it was, even like nineteen twenty nine. It was called the Black Crook, and it was this kind of like what a jukebox musical, I guess, would be like today, mm-hmm. with a bunch of popular songs at the time. And it was the very first time that they had like a variety show, which mm-hmm. they were doing a lot on like the vaudeville circuit with dancing and acting but now they also combine singing together with these popular songs and it actually ended up being a hit and from that point on kind of allowed for more musicals to come through it where still was wasn't that? what it is today but it was the beginnings yeah where was it was it in new york i believe yeah it was in new york yeah they called it like the great white way and what broadway kind of is today yeah. wow that's amazing so so after I guess did that get like critically acclaimed and then everybody started making musicals or was it kind of slow after that or they just started popping up? It was I think it at first it started a little bit slower and I would say then the great depression happened and people thought that musical theater would go away forever because vaudeville I think the last vaudeville show was like 1932 and people were like well i guess that's the end but that's when um gershwin started to create musicals and these songs that were very popular on the radio now people could see on stage Mm -hmm. so people were starting to rush to the theater and from then on it yeah started to go a little bit more and then in um there's rogers and hammerstein which are a very Mm -hmm. popular duo they created a lot of musical theaters and in 1943 they created oklahoma which is known to be like the beginning of the golden age of musical theater oh and oklahoma it's this first the first musical that had what they called like an integrated musical so 
it wasn't just singing, dancing, and acting. Mm -hmm. It was songs are now used to carry the story along. Mm -hmm. Everything that is being said and done, even dances, are used to carry along the plot. So now people are like, this is entertaining, but it's also a story. And yeah, the 40s and 50s then, Broadway, it was known to be the golden age because this was the most popular form of media. All the Broadway songs were the most popular songs on the radio and people like spent all their money on Broadway and that was really yeah, their golden age. That's that's all the really yeah, interesting. Like the most popular celebrities were Broadway stars at this time. It was like that was the cool thing. Wow. Yeah. It's so interesting how many things have come out of vaudeville because uh I didn't mm-hmm. realize that musicals did, but also probably like stand-up comedy probably comes from there. Yeah. Like jazz became very popular through that, I think. Um, a lot of things, right? <laughs> Some things died, like mimes and stuff. Like, I don't think they're that... Uh, yeah. <laughs> but like a wow. whole bunch of things started with that, right? <laughs> totally. That's very interesting. Okay, so then, so during this golden age in the 40s and 50s... Um, that Broadway was like the thing. This is like pre-TV still, right? When does TV start? So TV was during like, yeah, the golden age TV was starting to like be popular. So were these kind of like MGM movie musicals. Uh-huh. And this was also the beginnings of TV. There were shows like the Ed Sullivan show, mm-hmm. which actually contributed to even more of a rise in Broadway because a lot of Broadway musicals started to perform on the Ed Sullivan show, mm. which allowed people who didn't know about theater to be like, what is this? Oh, I have to come check it out. Yeah. Wow. Cool. And so, um, so you said it's an American art form. Are there other countries that have like a musical theater scene, uh, with like original plays that are like non American or not English? Yeah. I believe so. I'm not an expert, but yeah, I do know that there are yeah many other countries that are doing musical theater now. It's all over the world, um, and there's like amazing works. I've seen cool translated Japanese musicals that I think are just insane and really well written. So it is now something that's all over. Wow, that would be cool to see. I think uh, I mean this is this is still this isn't an original play, but I, I did watch some snippets of i think it was like a japanese performance of fiddler on the roof or chinese it, mm-hmm. it was fascinating it, they're that doing it really in cool. in chinese like it's <laughs> and they all have like rabbi beards it's pretty funny uh and they're like really singing fun. tradition to see that. yeah um how how important are critics in the world of musical theater oh um this is, yeah, this is a topic that's, yeah, debated a lot, but at least during, not really the golden age, but as kind of, I'd say, yeah, towards the late 50s, 60s, critics were, became, like, what would make or break a show. Mm-hmm. A show would perform during previews, and if the critics didn't give it reviews, a show would last a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. So it, at least in the beginnings, we relied a lot on critics. Then I think as time changed and there are other ways people could see shows, people had a little bit more money, people relied on critics a little bit less. Mm-hmm. But even now, like they still play a big part, but I think people can kind of like make choices for themselves. Right. 
I guess that's what they were trying to do in the producers, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I feel like uh, a lot of times the because now you can look at non-critic reviews also. Um, I don't know how it works for um, Broadway shows, but like for movies and you know you can look at like Rotten Tomatoes and stuff like that. And yeah. sometimes the the critics are like aligned with like audience reviews but a lot of times they're completely like misaligned and like the critics will love it and the audience will hate it or vice versa yeah. so i don't know if it's like that with broadway shows also <laughs> i think in the last like i'd say 20 years with the rise of social media and like fandoms i think that now that sometimes has more of a pull on critics than critics, because, yeah, a review can say something, but if there's an insane amount of social media traction with the show, then it doesn't matter. Right. Like, people, yeah, that is actually creating even more of a pull, and that's what a lot of shows are relying on right now. Oh, wow. More than, like, oh, we want to make sure the critics see our show. It's like, we need to get a good social media marketing oh. campaign, because these kids on social media will be how our show succeeds. Interesting. Yeah, it seems to be, like, I just did a, a podcast yesterday on... Uh, marketing and yeah social media is like the number one thing for everybody i guess um uh what was i gonna say so the uh you mentioned two types of musicals you said you mentioned jukebox musical you mentioned integrated musical are there any other categories yeah there's there's a few so yeah jukebox is yeah where there's there are songs that are from an artist or from a band or from a certain decade that mm -hmm. are put in and then a story that revolves around them. There's, yeah, the integrated musical. There's also something called a concept musical, which started to kind of happen and gain popularity during the 70s. This mm -hmm. is like something that Stephen Sondheim really brought to focus. And it's a musical that doesn't necessarily go in like a linear order. It kind of bounces back and forth mm -hmm. and doesn't have, it has, a through line at the end but it doesn't need it doesn't follow these like exact formulas that were so set for mm -hmm. the first half of the decade interesting that's the musical which is becoming pretty popular nowadays mm -hmm. also another type of musical is the mega musical which this is a super interesting concept that you probably know uh, like andrew lloyd webber mm -hmm. and I've heard of musicals like Cats and Phantom of the Opera, mm -hmm. Les Mis, Miss Saigon. When Times Square used to be like a not so great place mm -hmm. and people weren't wanting to bring their families there because it was just so seedy and dangerous and Broadway was starting to really sink during the early 80s and this is when mega musicals started to come from the West End to New York and they're basically these musicals that are made to be these like big marketing things they can be copied and made any place in the world oh. huge sets big songs it's a formula that can be copied that's like it's called like the mick musical kind of like it's very yeah mcdonald's america Interesting. Like big, yeah big musical so, so what, when you think of like phantom you think of these yeah big costumes big sets it's usually mostly sung through and they're usually the ones that are very commercially popular. So ones that maybe like, yeah, your aunt 
who lives far away, has never seen a musical, but she knows Les Mis. She knows Phantom because, yeah, the Megan oh. Okay, so so what did that have to do with the like you mentioned, like the uh, Times Square was sketchy and had high crime and all that? What what's the relationship between that and the mega musical? Well, once these musicals kind of started coming in from London, from the West End, they began to get a lot of popularity. They're like things that maybe they're not gonna resonate a lot with big musical theater fans. Maybe the messages aren't as deep and it's not, yeah, not everyone's cup of tea, but oh. commercially they are very beloved, and so it brought a lot of money to New York, and it brought a lot of money to Broadway. Gotcha. The so you're saying they originated that, in London. Disney, yeah. Okay, so so those types of shows originated in London, and and then were brought to places like New York, and um, and so examples of what, like you mentioned were or like Phantom of the Opera and Les Mis. And so, mm-hmm. what maybe what are some examples of plays in the other categories, just so we could compare? Like, what's something uh, in the uh, integrated or the uh, jukebox? Like, can you give us examples for each category? Yeah, a jukebox musical, a really popular example would be Mamma Mia. Okay. A bunch of app songs. They created a plot based on these songs and set it in a random location and then yeah they usually are also really big hits and are pretty commercially successful mm-hmm. and then for integrated yeah integrated musical is just like a musical that was created during the golden age that has uh-huh. songs to move along the plot so a lot of things are almost everything is an integrated musical okay gotcha and then so we'll just say we'll give yeah. Oklahoma as an example for that because uh-huh. it was the first one Okay. Uh, and then the next one I think was concept, right? Yeah, a good one for that is Company. It's a Stephen Sondheim show, and it was just on Broadway again. They just did a revival. I haven't yeah, seen it. So it's so good. It's a it's a really interesting one. What What was the aspect again that makes it a concept musical? It's told in a non-linear way. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, breaking the norms of the normal structure. Gotcha. Okay, cool. So, <laughs> I assume that my my favorites probably are all in like the, the mega category, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> what are some of your favorites? Because there's probably categories I haven't talked about yet. Actually, yeah. What are some of your favorites? Well, I'll let. Well, let let me just start with um, uh, Book of Mormon. And uh, I, I think actually they range, right? So Book of Mormon's probably a mega. Um, Jagged Little Pill is the, is the jukebox, right? Yeah. Yeah, Jagged Little Pill is a jukebox. Book of Mormon, it would be like a musical comedy or a, a contemporary musical. Oh, okay. So it's a different co- co- uh, category. I would say, yeah, I guess we can have musical comedy be another one, which are, they're big musicals, like The Producers would be another good example of musical comedy. Yeah. They're funny, they have these, yeah, big sets and things, but what makes it different from a mega musical is that they're not kind of made to be mass produced, and they're not following that formula, kind of, where also you could even look at the way that they're advertised. Phantom, you know it's the mask. Les Mis the flag like they make it so that you know what this is and that it can be copied gotcha um yeah so 
if if we're talking about favorites, when when you mentioned that, I realized, uh, and I wanted to ask actually, like, um, I think most of the most of the musicals that I really like are ones that there is a movie version of, and I usually like the movie version better. Um, is that a an unpopular opinion, or is? <laughs> I don't think that's an unpopular opinion. I think, yeah, I guess now that's another category, movie musicals. Yeah. No, like, they're not always made think- for the movie, but uh, sometimes they are. But, like, I love Fiddler on the Roof. I love Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat. I love Sound of Music. Uh, I love uh, um, Into the Woods. I, like, you know, Lion King, Aladdin. <laughs> I think, yeah, a lot of the times, I think, at least with the newer... Okay, Into the Woods, I think, because some of them were musicals first, then movies, and then some right, of the movies right. first, then musicals. I feel like a lot of, especially the ones right now, of them making musicals out of movies are just, yeah, like a desperate attempt to kind of get audiences because they have that familiarity. But, yeah, they're not always very good. There's a few, like, standout ones. But I think yeah. You're saying the movie is not always good. Sometimes the movie just is better, and it can't be replicated. Oh, I see. Yeah, I heard that. Um, uh, what's the one about the kid in school? Uh, the uh, it's uh, Dear Evan Hansen. I heard the play was better, but I've never seen it, so I don't know. I've only seen the movie. Yeah, because then sometimes yeah, they try to make a movie off a musical, and it just doesn't. Right. Um. Okay, interesting. So, uh, do you find that you prefer uh, like movie versions to play versions, or it depends on which came first, or it depends on each show? It depends on each show. I think there's, and sometimes I love both. That's very rare, but sometimes there is examples where I'm like, wow, they really were able to fit the story into different mediums and tell it so yeah. well. Yeah, I, I mean, I usually do like both a lot. Um, I think the last one I saw was Life of Pi. Uh, oh, that wasn't a musical. musical that? Yeah, it was, so was it a musical? Or a play. Yeah, it wasn't a musical. So oh, that's another category of p- these like mega production plays that aren't musicals. I want to ask you about that too. But yeah, I was very impressed by how they made that into a play. Um, yeah, that was cool. I really enjoyed that one. So yeah, so what do you think about these huge production plays because I feel like plays which pre-existed musicals were were probably much smaller things you know Shakespeare you know they they weren't these gigantic productions like like they're basically musicals level production but they're they're not singing Um, so is that more similar to a musical or to a traditional play I think that traditional plays were very over the top and extravagant well, they I had, mean, like, costumes and whatever, but they didn't have, like, this, like, professional lighting and, and you know, like, audio. Yeah, I guess that, <laughs> technology being, like, now a resource that we can use. Right. I think it has, yeah, elevated, yeah, a lot of different art forms. Yeah, even opera now, I think, yeah, has more. Right. Brand elements, yeah. So do you find a lot of overlap between, like, non- musical Broadway shows in your uh, like musical history? Is there overlap or is it completely separate? I think there's a little bit of overlap because I know that now 
there are some plays that do involve music and some plays that involve dancing. But I think, yeah, unless it involves all three, it just kind of puts itself in another category. Mm-hmm. Interesting. But I think a lot has been the same, like how technology has improved plays and musicals, how now social media is a tool for, for plays and musicals. And yeah. Cool. Um, I recently saw what they called the first horror play. I guess it wasn't a musical either. Was it a musical? But it had a lot of special effects. <laughs> it might as well have been a musical. Uh, I forgot what it was called. It was kind of stupid. Um, didn't love it. <laughs> I've seen some like horror music. Like, they made Carrie into a musical. Okay. And that was I heard cool. of it. Yeah. I don't know much about Evil it. Evil Dead the musical. So there's some like camp horror musicals out there. Uh huh. Interesting. None that have done so well, but it exists. Yeah. What What is the most popular musical ever? That's a difficult question because I think every decade kind of has had their like big sidekick musical. Uh huh. I'd say like the most recent one that has changed the world has been Hamilton. Still haven't. I've I've seen the movie. I was unimpressed, but I think if I actually saw the play, it'd be better. Yeah, I'm honestly not even that big of a fan either, but I have to give it the credit. Yeah, the credit so that's been that really did like. Change humongous. the world, change the musical theater genre forever. And wow. It, yeah, it is crazy what it's done, yeah. And the popularity it's gotten, yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, what about pre-Hamilton? What was the number one until Hamilton got there? Was it like a Phantom of the Opera uh, or Wicked or I'll something like, like that? I'll break it down by jacket. That's how my brain like, okay. groups it. So, Oklahoma happened, and I think uh-huh. that was the first big popular musical that got people talking. That started this big, yeah, era. And then I think there was, like, the, the British invasion and rock music started to take over. And people were starting to care more about rock than show tunes. Broadway was starting to decline a little bit. And then Hair of the Musical, I think, was another, like, very popular show that mm-hmm. kind of brought people back started bringing younger audiences to broadway too and started to talk about a little more taboo topics rock and roll on stage and that was another one that kind of like shocked everyone mm-hmm. that was a very yeah important musical i would say it's just as hard of like the best <laughs> um I would say, yeah, like once Disney started coming too, that mm-hmm. also kind of helped clean up Times Square and get people really excited. So, like, Beauty and the Beast mm-hmm. and Aladdin, those all became like very popular shows. Um, West Side Story, another uh, very popular one for the time. A lot of, yeah, Stephen Sondheim's work. So, Into the Woods, Sunday in the Park with George got very big audiences. Mm-hmm. I would say another one that kind of mirrors hair would be Spring Awakening mm-hmm. because that, again, got young people really into Broadway and brought them into theaters because it was music that they resonated with, kind of like more 
punk pop rock music and had characters they could relate to and that brought a lot of people like on social media that were very excited about the show social media yeah i know common thread book of mormon super popular as well because you know you have the creators of south park writing a show writing about a topic that doesn't seem like it would make a good musical but like really did <laughs> it's so good and was so funny <laughs> they were like whole point of writing it like, we want to write a musical that's funny for people who don't like musicals and so that i think was very popular too yeah tons yeah wow uh what's been something completely unexpected that you've learned about musical theater history unexpected Or just a cool fact. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, there's so much in my brain. Um, I would say... It was really interesting to see, like, if I put... Like, what events happened every year and then the shows that were popular at the time mm-hmm. and kind of putting a through line together with those. That was something that was really interesting to me to do and see how, like, oh, one year, like, you know, there's the Kennedy assassinations. Oh, our country is, like, in the midst of this war. And then the next year, here comes this musical that's really popular that's having to do with people, like, rejecting the draft and like showing uh-huh. like what is popular and if that happened two years ago people would hate it right and right things like that and how yeah things like wouldn't be accepted but then slowly things have begun to change and become what they are now like i imagine if the people who loved oklahoma would have seen hamilton or jagged little pill they would be they would fall out of their seats they would hate it they would like riot you know it just wouldn't <laughs> I almost fell out of my seat at Jack and Little Pill, but it was too good. It was too good. It was too good that that all the bad things didn't matter because, like, there was so much criticism that, and I I probably agreed with all the criticism, but it was still so good. Um, Yeah, I really liked it as well. It was so emotionally powerful. Like, uh, yeah, the, the plot was a little bit all over the place, but whatever each scene on its own was quite powerful i thought <laughs> yeah, and it's cool too like about the end of that like yeah you talked about the critics and like everyone just has no one can really like judge everyone has their own opinion you know like it's not something that makes a show good or bad everyone brings their own opinions and life experience to a show and someone could say oh that was the most terrible show i've ever seen and that like show could have changed someone else's life so yeah that's another thing that's so cool about like art and theater that there is no this is the right show this is the right. wrong show yeah for sure How, how'd you get into all this what what inspired your love for mu- musicals i mean I, my parents tried to put me in sports and it was not i didn't <laughs> feel like i fit in i wasn't yeah feeling that community and like something about me stepping on stage and being able to kind of like put on a hat of a different character spoke to me right away like, even if I couldn't understand what the feeling was at the time I was like this feels right this is so exciting to me and it's cool that you kind of just get to like 
borrow a personality for a few months, for a few weeks, and get to see the world from this person's point of view. Yeah. You know, I've played pilgrims. I've played, like, prostitutes. I've played animals. I've played silverware. Like, I've been, like, the most, wow. you know, which is things and kind of getting to see things from those perspectives are so cool. What does life look like from the perspective of silverware? <laughs> I I was a what was I? I was a spoon in Beauty and the Beast. Oh, okay. You crazy. And yeah, I mean, we're just in the background dancing, but I had a director who was very like that on like guys, everybody matters. There's no such thing as small parts like your spoon, yes, but what's going on in this spoon's life? And I'm like, oh gosh, well, these are my spoon's friends, and this is how this spoon feels about Belle coming into the castle. And like, oh gosh, people are always just using me and watching me, and no respect for spoon. Like, I hate this life. <laughs> That's awesome. It's, it's fun. Yeah, it, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> are you are you currently uh, in any productions? I'm currently doing a play right now. Yeah. Um. I'm in the Crucible. Ooh. Right That's a lot of fun. I remember that I, one. Yeah, it's a really interesting story. And yeah, I'm usually more of a musical theater girl, but I'm I'm so happy to be doing a play and focusing more on acting. And this is such an interesting story too, so I'm loving it. Yeah, I think we read it. Is it? Is there a novel version or do we read a play? I don't remember. I think you read the the play, read the play. Probably, in like English class in yeah. high school. Yep. Yeah, yeah, Arthur Miller. Uh, who are you playing? I'm playing Abigail Williams. She's the villain. Ooh. She's the one that like starts to accuse everyone of being oh. a witch, just as just to make sure she doesn't get in trouble, and she kind of likes the power. She's a little cuckoo. I love her. Yeah. I heard so many theories about uh, the Salem witch trials. It's very interesting. I don't know what's true. What are some of the theories? That's so interesting. Yeah, I've been well, some of the theories are, are that, uh, like there there was no, uh, there was nothing at all. There was just people getting accused and then being killed for it. A, a different one is that no, people had actually mental illness. Some people said that it was a result of certain chemicals in the crops. Mm. I believe. Yeah, there was something to do with ergot uh, making people hallucinate. Uh, because they had these uh, these crops and, and I, I don't know something with the timing or whatever, but it produced ergot or something like that, um, which is a psychedelic substance. Um, I've heard other people Ooh, make claims about vision. other chemicals. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I also heard there were only um, I don't remember how many, but smaller than I would have thought amount of people that were actually killed um, during the trials. Yeah, I think a lot of people were just, I think if you confessed to it, you were put in jail, but then if you uh, didn't, then they would hate you. So I think a lot of people were just like confessing because they didn't want to die. And then the, just the prisons were like massively full. Yeah. Oof. It's so interesting. What a time. What a time. I also think people were just bored, you know, like, this they were so restricted in their life and had to like couldn't go anywhere out of their roles and like had to just be like god work being 
a woman or being what a man needs to be and they were just bored and they're like we need to like stir things up yeah and it's pretty crazy you could just accuse somebody and then like not have to produce any evidence and then they just either get killed or go to jail forever yeesh um <laughs> crazy times humans are crazy oh yeah oh yeah um okay cool so that that's fun um what um have you ever thought about writing a musical i i don't know writing is my journey or my gift i think that yeah there's a lot of really talented writers out there and i don't think that's that's me i really like directing i think that's my gift that i can bring i would love to work with I would love to direct a show that hasn't been produced. So like work with the writer to put up a show. Cause like, I feel like when I'm given material, then I can create the world, but kind of starting and creating things is not my gift. Gotcha. Yeah. I kind of want to, but I don't know how to. <laughs> what would you, if you could write a musical, what would it be about? I, I want somebody to do this, but I, I'm not the one, but I, somebody needs to make an Avenged Sevenfold musical because this band has incredible music and there isn't really a heavy metal musical not that all their songs are heavy metal but they're they're well orchestrated and contain good narratives you can actually have choose between three or four different plots and and use uh, some of their songs but i don't know how to actually make a musical out of it i I just want somebody oh, to. I know, I know a lot of writers, <laughs> so maybe, maybe we can get them in contact with your idea. We could figure oh. things out. Because I agree, there isn't much in like the metal genre. Yeah, and like their their songs would be so good for it because many of them are already orchestrated uh, and already have like choir parts and everything. But like, you, I mean, you'd have to make some of the vocals less harsh; they're they're more intelligible. But otherwise, like their stuff is perfect uh a lot of good imagery a lot of good messaging a lot of good uh um a lot of good stuff in there for sure <laughs> we'll put it out there in the universe yes I'll, I'll talk to my writer friends oh yeah yeah if if anybody wants to help me with this um i i don't i don't really know what i could add other than the idea but <laughs> i i would love to be a part of it oh <laughs> yeah um cool so how do you intake all of so so you, you reference a lot of musicals uh have you seen all these musicals have you read about them have you seen clips like how, how do you learn about the musicals like from the 40s or 50s or like stuff that's not necessarily around at the moment i think there's been a lot of revivals of a lot of these shows so I've been able to, if not see them live, see a lot of illegal bootlegs that are online yeah. or clips. If not, then reading the script helps. Um, or like learning about the person who composed the show. Sometimes they talk about their experience with the show, but luckily most of the information is out there. There's, yeah, a lot of great stuff online and revivals are always happening because people like are very nostalgic to this mm -hmm. old time of these older musicals so they're always being put on if not on broadway then at like local community theaters or regional houses right 
Wow. That's awesome. Um, yeah. I I was almost in two musicals, but neither of, of them worked out. <laughs> but I still want to try again. You still have time. Let's I still have time. But every time I try again, um, my voice is worse and I'm, I'm not as, I can't pick up the dances as well. <laughs> Practice makes perfect. Yes, yes, yes. I will, I will keep trying, but now, now I'm in a different place and I got to figure out where to even look. Um, but yeah, I, I do find it to be a lot of fun. Um, especially if, uh, there have to be other people who are not as bad or or slightly worse than me so that I don't feel like I'm like the, the weakest link in the show. Right. <laughs> you want people better than you, but also people worse than you. Yeah. Can't be the best or the worst. Exactly. Yeah. Well, not can't be the best. I'm just not the best. But <laughs> but being the worst, it wouldn't feel great. <laughs> it's no fun when you're like the best and you feel like there's nowhere you can go. I always like having the one oh. person. Oh wow! I want to be them. Right, I hear that for sure. I hear that for sure, especially like if, if you're trying to do it professionally. I'm just coming from an amateur hobby perspective. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I, I uh, if I happen to be the best person in this random community theater, I, I don't think I'd be upset. But I, it's just not going to happen because I'm just not going to be that the best. Um. <laughs> Have you ever witnessed any funny theater mishaps, people falling, forgetting lines, wardrobe malfunctions? Of course. That's also one of the most amazing things about live theater. Uh-huh. Why I prefer it to film. Right. It's one time. You. That's it. Yeah, I've had I've had costume pieces fall off. I've. One time. Oh, this was a good one. I was in West Side Story, and there's a bed in Maria's room and like the three girls during I feel pretty kind of all sit on the bed and they go like, Oh, like whatever. We just sit down on the bed. Like, Oh, we're so happy. <laughs> and the three of us like plop down on the bed and the bed Perfect. just <laughs> broke in half. <laughs> and it's like mid song. And it's not like a little break. Like the people in the audience could tell that the bed was broken. Like this was bad. Luckily it was a matinee show. So it wasn't as, packed but still like it was bad and we had to like continue this show we're still singing so i'm like wow. trying to just keep doing it trying but we're like my eyes are watering at this point like i'm trying so hard not to laugh that i've begun to cry and like yeah trying so hard to keep it going but then you see that someone else is starting to break character and you're like shit that makes you laugh even more <laughs> and yeah we were able to get through it somehow like the show went on but it was once we finally got off stage because also, it was like this happened at the very beginning of the scene, so we had a whole like fifteen minutes to get through. So once we all were finally off stage, we just like burst out laughing, like, "Oh my god!" So wow. things like that, yeah, happen quite often. But it keeps it fun. Like otherwise, it would be so boring to do the same exact show forty-five times. Yeah, you know. But I feel like a, as an audience member who's not like uh, a professional, like I don't know if I've ever noticed anything in like a a production that i was like oh shit they you know they 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 flubbed the line or something like i wouldn't know right it's good to yeah good because yeah sometimes you get in your head and you're like oh my god i think they realize that i switched the words or like oh i sang this song like a little bit quick this time or 
Oh, my leg wasn't as high. Like, no one cares. No one's actually paying attention to that. Yeah. I went to some uh, orchestra performance that was, uh, I don't know, they were this random, like, cello group that played uh like popular songs in a classical way they 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 were on like whatever america's got talent or something and Mm -hmm. they actually stopped the concert twice because he messed up the words and he's like i'm gonna start that again Uh, like i don't think anybody would have noticed if he just kept going it made it so much worse no no the show must go on yeah it made it so much worse because it just broke out of the thing and like you know I saw I saw a band do it one time and it was actually cool because they 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 were just playing the wrong song and they and they're like and they just started it again but um, this was like a quiet intimate thing I'm like ah oh, that made it so awkward <laughs> but, and also like yeah. uh, on the did you go to the ice show on the cruise the ice skating show I didn't I wish there was one point where like somebody didn't did not stick the landing and everybody just went <gasps> and it's like it didn't stop the show and thankfully she was okay and she kept going but it was obvious that she yeah. like didn't make make the landing you know <laughs> one time i was in um the little mermaid and the way they made the the, the idea in our production of how to make it look like we were swimming is everyone had heelys on so like us swimming was us like healing across the stage what is that? That's the, the, the wheels on the bottom of the shoe? Do you remember? Heelys? Yeah, they were like really popular like back in the day. So you like lean back and then you can kind of like glide on the floor. It sounds dangerous. Shoes. Yeah. <laughs> so that, oh my God, that was such a stupid idea. There's so many times like, it's like, oh, Ariel, and you'd run across and you just like face plant. <laughs> or like the Healy sometimes would get stuck in the bottom of my fins because I was a mermaid. So it would get stuck in my tail and then I would like, fall and it was just oh my god that's crazy yeah sometimes these uh these these dance routines are very intense in a in a musical and i I haven't i don't think i've ever seen any anybody mess up it's very impressive um you know the whole thing is impressive but like like dancing on top of it is like and not falling (laughs) And being able to sing and belt notes out while you're doing all this like intense cardio, yeah. Yeah, like I saw the MJ musical. It was honestly, oh I God. it was terrible. I I I I I like when they try a little bit with the plot. They didn't try at all. But see, that's interesting because I thought it was amazing. That's like it's most so people thought it was amazing, and so I didn't understand that. But but yeah, I was gonna say like the dancing was very impressive. Uh, my thoughts were there was absolutely no effort at all to make the plot make any type of sense. They just mm-hmm. didn't even try. You know, I get it. it's like people are like, oh, no, but that's the type of musical it is. Like, you know, you can't really have expectations for the plot. I'm like, but why not? I've seen uh, Jagged Little Pill. I've seen Tommy. I've seen the the Elvis one. I've seen so many jukebox musicals that have a real plot. You know? Yeah, I agree. They they definitely could do. Yeah, gosh, yeah. With some of them, the plot is just so bad that I just kind of like block it out, and I'm like, just pay attention to these dancers. Pay attention to the like, yeah. Yeah, the, the singing and dancing was great, like but like, 
you know, like I'm sure we, I could find a, a Michael Jackson cover band that does the same thing. Like I, I'm going to Broadway to see a show, you know? Totally. <laughs> and I do think that's missing with a lot of shows now because, well, especially after COVID, which I guess is similar, I guess, to what's happening in the Great Depression. Like they really want to get people in those seats. Like there's uh... a lot of economic turmoil. So it's like, what's going to sell? Movie remakes. What's going to sell? Famous artists doing biopics and things. Right. What's going to sell? Fox musicals with Britney Spears and Katy Perry songs. And like, I don't like any of those things. I want, <laughs> I want the, yeah, I want the musical comedy. I want the integrated musical back. Yeah. But it's, yeah, it's like these. You yeah, know what else sells um, a lot? In ter- I mean, I guess they tried it once. They're like but Vegas style know- shows, I feel. Oh, Yeah. Now, I was, yeah. was going to say, how come they never really tried to do, like, superhero musicals? I know they tried with, like, Spider-Man and it wasn't good or something. Was it a musical or just a play? <laughs> so, yeah, Spider-Man was a musical, and it did not do very well. Um, I think they should try again, but, like, it just lost so much money. Same with, like, King Kong, the musical, where they just had these huge expectations. Like, we want Spider-Man to fly into the audience. We want them to be doing backflips while they're singing and so many different elements. And it was just too much that <laughs> people, like, actors were getting injured every night. Yeah. Dropping out of the show. They were breaking. Oh, my God. King Kong, it was, like, this giant. I think it was, like, 40 people were controlling this puppet at once. And, like, things are breaking. It's just economically doesn't make sense. Right. And safety reasons doesn't make sense because, like, a lot of theater people don't know how to do stunts. Like, that's not something we're trained right, in necessarily. Right, so right, Getting a whole new group of people out there. And really, like, people just want to save money instead of take risks nowadays, unfortunately. Right. How about, like, a kung fu musical? Has anybody done that? That would be interesting. Like a I Jackie Chan on Broadway? <laughs> they could do that. They could make that happen. I know there's a boxing musical right now in the works. That really? That would be really cool. Yeah. Wow. Kung Fu would be cool. Are there any uh, innovations in musical theater or theater in general that you see changing the landscape in the near future? Like, what's the next mm-hmm. uh, Hamilton or the next uh, uh, first of its type uh, play that's going to change? Well, I think that something needs to happen that's going to take us out of this era of yeah, the movie remakes mm-hmm. and the jukebox and this Vegas-style show. And I'm wondering, like, what what's going to be the thing that takes it out? Is it going to be technology? Is it going to be AI? Like, is this going to be something that's going to play a part in this new era of musicals? Is it going to be another genre that hasn't been explored? Is it going to be maybe more, like, concept-style shows? They're all happening right now. It's just they aren't being put at the forefront because mm-hmm. they're not making as much money but maybe people are going to start getting tired of this stuff and then the more innovative weird concept style shows will yeah popular. i want to see some innovative weird Who stuff <laughs> you know like we we need it what it's been it's kind of gone back and forth where yeah it's like commercial weird commercial breaking boundaries weird and like it it goes in waves of what's popular and i think it's kind of the youth that propels like new things so like hamilton was hip-hop and rap and that is what was speaking to the younger generation right and push that forward so like what's going on with gen alpha right now what is going to be very popular for them that they're going to push forward 
social media ai musical it's uh written and acted completely by ai um that, that might be, be crazy <laughs> i hope not i feel like the whole point is that it's like live and it's people and there are mistakes well maybe it'll be live but it, it's going to be a major plot point that some of it was written and acted by an ai even though maybe most of it won't be but like some part of it will be that's going to be like the hype or there's like actors <laughs> inner in like interacting with ai like yeah AI is just along for the journey and there it's like one of the characters in the show that'd be interesting yeah it'll be like her the musical i never saw that movie but uh like the one where he falls in love I with siri her, yeah. or I whatever i haven't seen it either but yeah that'd be cool they'll make that into a musical <laughs> i could definitely see it um yeah but maybe it'll be something um in the digital space with uh because i think in general like a lot of I've talked about Avenged Sevenfold. The reason also why I keep talking about Avenged Sevenfold and musicals is because they are very innovative and they are often like the first to do something. So they were the first to make this like uh, Web3 cryptocurrency NFT fan club. Um, mm. And they're going to be the first ones doing concerts in the metaverse probably. And I mean, they could be the first people doing a musical, but maybe there'll be a, uh, a metaverse musical too where you're kind of in the movie musical that'll be cool <laughs> yeah i mean who knows and like at the rate that things are changing and evolving every single day there's like new and new improvements and yeah who knows yeah uh, what uh, what other things about uh musical theater history have we not covered that you'd like to mention hmm Let's see. We talked. Did we? We talked. We talked about Disney. We talked about the mega musical. I guess. Yeah, we could talk a little bit about how a musical is not necessarily mainstream anymore, and like I mm -hmm. guess it goes through times when it is and when it isn't, and like how at the beginning, all the people who were on Broadway stages were the celebrities of the time. And then once rock and roll kind of became popular music, it went away. Mm -hmm. But how sometimes it'll like become popular. Like I feel like a lot of the actors in Hamilton's became like household names, and people were like listening oh. to albums like that. And yeah, I guess it's really interesting to see what makes a musical become mainstream and what will actually like because everything that is exciting to like the people in my classes in my cohort of course they're big for us like we're obsessed with musicals we're theater kids but we're like what actually is hitting like the globe the world what is mainstream and something that helped which is quite funny is shows such as like glee mm -hmm. like that was one of those things that really helped bring theater kind of to the mainstream and some like reality tv shows that have featured musicals and stuff and how TV has kind of helped, just like the Ed Sullivan show helped in right. the 50s. It's kind of bring it mainstream again, like Glee having popular songs, and then also having musicals in every episode, kind of making theater look cool and make young people want to be a part of it. Because after Glee premiered, there was 
a huge rise in people auditioning for musical theater BFA programs. Mm. Like a giant tickets for Broadway houses were being sold more and analytics were showing that it was a lot younger. So yeah, TV is a very interesting element of yeah, creating things to the mainstream. Yeah, for sure. Have you heard of uh, John McWhorter? No, what is that? John McWhorter is, uh, he's a podcaster and he, he's on a couple, but his, uh, his show that he does on his own is called Lexicon Valley. He's a, like a lexicographer and he talks about yeah. uh, like, like different word etymologies and how words evolve over time. And, and whenever he, like at least three or four times during each show, like he'll bring out an example of like an interesting word usage and it's always some obscure musical that I've never heard of like but this guy like loves musicals and he's got uh he's got like a clip for every every word he has got like some example <laughs> and he's always no, he coming up with so. random ones oh that sounds really interesting yeah um anyway Maya we're getting to the end of our time want to thank you again for joining me before you leave yeah what is one thing if you had to choose one thing that you want me and all of our listeners to know Um, something I want everyone to know. I think that it's important to find things that speak to you and really make sure that they're a big part of your life. Like, for example, theater has been, like, since I was little, something that I know has made me happy. And even though it's not something that is necessarily giving me a lot of money or something that is, you know, even, like, making me successful, it's something that I know makes me happy and that I know is a good way for me to like feel like I have a part in the world. And I think it's important to hold on to those things. Like whether or not it makes sense to just, yeah, keep it as a close part of your life because it makes a difference. Now I know. Yay. Now Thank you. Know. you. 